0: Hey y'all, thanks for joining me for episode 17 of the Roaring Out podcast. Last week, I did a series of podcasts called Everything I Know About, and that was a little intense, not gonna lie. Uh, Doing an episode every day takes a lot of preparation and work, but I think it was worth it. Um, I'm proud of how the series turned out, and I've been getting quite a lot of really good feedback, so I'm glad you guys have been enjoying it as well. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and do so. They're episodes 12 through 16. Um, And for each of those episodes, uh, each one starts with everything I know about, and then it continues with a certain topic and also a person who has helped me learn about said topic. You know, everyone from my grandmother to mentors in my MFA program are covered. So going off of the idea of learning and getting help with learning or even just expanding your horizons, today I wanted to share some resources that personally I use and have helped me um, and share them with you guys, my listeners So that hopefully you can get some good use out of them as well. Because if you're like me, you love having approximate knowledge of many things and you have a ton of interests, but you might be wondering where do you start with these interests and where can you gain more information without getting totally overwhelmed. So I am here to sort of break some of the resources I know down so they can hopefully help you. And I've broken them down into two categories. One is learning resources, which I'll cover first. And the second is productivity resources. And all of the links for the programs and sources that I mention in this podcast are in the show notes for easy access. So let's get started. First, learning resources. If you like learning about a variety of things and are fine listening to lectures or even audio style learning, I highly recommend The Great Courses. Now they do cost money, um, but they are worth it. They're, you know, they're not free, but they're really, really great content. I've recently just finished a course on forensic history and covered everything from Jack the Ripper to Nazi camps to the progression of DNA and fingerprint technology. Really interesting. And I'm currently listening to a course called Medical School for All. And that goes through a bunch of different cases. And the lecturer there is really great, really knowledgeable and breaks everything down, um, very easy to understand. And I I feel like I'm learning a lot, not just about the medical field, but about how my own body works too. So that's really cool. And they have a ton of sources. Most of the courses are 12 to 24 hours. Um, and each lecture is about an hour long, so you can break it up and it's very doable. If you just listen for say even a half an hour or an hour a day, within a month, you know, you'll have a, good amount of knowledge on a certain subject. Now I did mention that the great courses cost money, but if you have an audible subscription, which I do, um, you can buy the courses with credits from your audible account, or you can buy them outright, but you'll get a certain percentage off if you're an audible member. So that can save you a little bit of money if you're interested in this source. Next resource I want to tell you guys about is free and it's called Coursera.org. The cool thing about Coursera and what sets it apart a bit from the Great Courses is that it's formatted like a university course. Uh, The Great Courses are just lectures, and I don't mean just in that they're less than. But if you want a little more maybe hands-on learning, or you want assignments to go along with what you're learning, if that helps you retain information, I think Coursera would be right for you. As I mentioned, it is free, although you do need to um, have a username and password. And the courses come from universities literally all around the world. It is global. And like the great courses, they do have a very wide range of topics from learning an instrument to philosophy, to math. Um, Really great. I have signed up for courses in subjects such as intro to philosophy, uh, fantasy, and sci-fi lit, and also Greek and Roman mythology. So again, very wide array of topics. And what also sets it apart is that, again, it is set up like a university course in that there are assignments. Now, what if you feel like you don't have the time to really put into those assignments? The good thing is that the assignments, at least for you, if you're listening to it, uh, to the lectures or watching uh, the videos, very often the the lectures do come with video so you can watch the professor as well. And sometimes they'll have animations in the videos too, so that's helpful. But back to the assignments, the nice thing about the courses on Coursera is that you can get certification. So if you're looking for professional development credits or something to put on your resume or CV, you would sign up for a course and do all the assignments, uh, by the due dates and, you know, everything they ask you to do. And as long as you do it in a timely manner by the due date, uh, you should get, uh, by the end of the course, uh, emailed a certification. So again, so you can put that on a resume or CV, you could show it to your current boss and maybe get some professional development credits. But if you want to just go through these courses for fun, like I do, um, you Do not have to do any of the assignments, or if you want to maybe do some of the assignments, but just keep them for yourself, um, just for personal enrichment, you can do that as well. The next source I want to tell you about is iTunes U, which is, again, similar to Coursera in that it's free, but there, as far as I know, I do not believe the courses come with assignments. So... Um, You can just listen, you can stream the lectures on any course you want, um, and also like Coursera, some of the courses come with video lectures if you wanted to watch the professor. Um, It's also free, and it has a wide range of topics. Actually, currently, I downloaded and I'm listening to a course on cars and car maintenance. That's something I do not know anything about. And that scares me. I don't, (laughs) you know, whenever my car makes a sound or a light comes on, I get worried because I feel like it's going to cost me a lot of money. But this particular course is, you know, teaching me basic maintenance and You know, what's serious and what's not when it comes to a car. So, really great range of topics and very practical too. Um, Another course I'm listening to is anatomy and physiology, which does certainly have its practicalities. I mean, we're all human, we all have bodies, but it's also just, again, for personal enrichment, you know, that I like it. iTunes U is also really handy if you listen to podcasts a lot because, um, It is an app, um, very similar to the podcast app, so if you're used to listening to podcasts, iTunes U, um, while it is a separate app, functions a lot like podcasts, so um, it would be very user-friendly. The next and last learning resource that I'm going to mention is your local public library. And this might seem like a no-brainer, or it might seem like a very sort of archaic or out of date resource. But the fact of the matter is libraries are growing and adapting to the digital world. And not everyone knows that. Um, I worked at a library for five years and I did everything from putting books away to assisting the director of children's services at the time. And I was amazed at how much um, libraries were growing and adapting and changing to the information technology available and you know since then i have stopped working at the library in 2011 so you know five years after that libraries have grown even more than when i was working there so some of the resources um, that you can look into from your library um this first one probably seems a little like duh yeah like why are you mentioning this michelle we know this but you know they're not just Hardcover books or hard copy books, but libraries do have ebooks and audiobooks available to rent. Often, too, they will have Nooks and Kindles to check out. So if you're thinking of getting an e reader or perhaps the book that you want, um, all the hard copies are checked out, but the ebook is available. You can go to your library and check out a Nook or a Kindle. And I do believe they are one to two week checkout. So you, you do have a little bit of time with them. And even if you're thinking about getting an e-reader, but aren't sure which one to get, if you check out a Nook or a Kindle, it could help you make that decision. The other nice thing is that most libraries have an app that gives you access to their ebook and digital audiobook library. And the nice thing is I I have tried this on my iPad. I've downloaded that app and you'd have to go to your local library or to their website to find out Um, which app they have, oftentimes they'll either use 3M Cloud Library or OverDrive. I'm sure there are more out there, so again, you'd want to check with your own local library. But again, if you download that app on, say, an iPad or your iPhone or another tablet or smartphone, an ebook is available or an audiobook you can download it right then and there and start reading and listening on your device so it's really really handy it's a very nice uh, try before you buy option i'm actually someone who doesn't buy a whole lot of books i go to the library a lot to read books for free um, and if i really like the book then i'll buy it so again a really nice try before you buy option and it can not only help you save money, but also keep you from having tons of books that you're finished with and don't quite know what to do with yet. The next thing um, that's really come into play with the library um, in the last few years is museum passes. Oftentimes, um, you can check out these museum passes for about a week at a time and oftentimes there are enough admissions for at least two people but usually enough for a family of four and it allows you and your guests to go to local museums free of charge or at a very reduced rate but more often than not you would be able to go free of charge which is really nice um you know it would be something different to do with you and a significant other or you and your family or even just to go alone and explore art um, or any other exhibits that you might be interested in. And again, they're usually local museums in my area, uh, Morris County, New Jersey, there are a ton of local museums. So while I haven't taken advantage of this opportunity yet, I definitely plan on doing that in the future, just to have something different to do. Another resource that your local library most likely has is free programming. And it's not just story times either for kids. There are tons of really wonderful, practical adult programming as well. Um, just to give examples from some of my local libraries, um, there is free programming for computer skills. So if you want to learn, say, uh, Microsoft word or how to use Excel, um, they have that, or they also have, um, like how to use Facebook or Nook or your Kindle, anything like that. So that's certainly helpful. Um, they also have personal finance items, um, like how to file taxes, um, to a certain extent, you know, if if you have more involved taxes, maybe not so much, but, um, there's also personal finance. Um, in my local library, I've seen programs for personal investment um, and things like that. So that can also be very helpful. There are also free history programs where libraries may bring in local historians, and there's certainly um, clubs for different interests. The usual one people think about is book clubs, and those are certainly there, but. There also can be craft clubs, chess clubs. Um, one that I saw recently that I'm interested in going to is Coloring Club. Um, and, you know, you can go and there's a space for everyone and you bring your own supplies. And it's just a really nice way to get to make some new friends, get to know other people and do something you enjoy in the meantime. Next is oftentimes libraries will have access to language learning software that you can use for free. Oftentimes the programs they use are, it's either Mango or the more well-known Rosetta Stone. Now Rosetta Stone, I know, tends to be pretty pricey. So if your library has it, you'll have free access, which is really, really nice. If your library doesn't have access to Language software, what you can use instead is an app I personally use called Duolingo. It's free and you can learn, you know, one or two full languages uh, at no charge, and it's very helpful. I've been learning German um, for about six or seven months now, and I feel like I've come a long way. So that's really nice too. The last library resource I want to mention is free movie afternoons or free movie nights. And the movies that the library show, you know, they're not these like outdated 70s movies. They're, you know, ones that have been doing well at the box office. Um, And they'll show the DVD, some movies that I've seen. um, And again, it depends on the crowd. If they're adult movies, they show things like Interstellar, things like that. Um, But they also have family movie nights where they could show um, a Disney movie or um, a more recent Pixar movie. So that's all fun. Instead of going to the movies and spending $11 on just the ticket and then not to mention um, popcorn and all that stuff, look up your local library and see what movies they're showing for free. Now, Moving on to the productivity resources, you might be thinking, well, Michelle, this is all fun and games and wonderful, but it's a lot. How do I make time to learn from these things or go to the library? Um, you know, how do I keep track of all this stuff? So, I have a few productivity resources to share with you as well. Some of them I have mentioned in previous episodes, but a lot of them are new, at least new to this podcast. So if you like writing down things, if you're not a digital person, you'd rather write down a to-do list. Two planners that I would recommend is firstly the passion planner. It's really great. It, It is a general planner where you can schedule out your day and your month. But what's really nice is that monthly there are questions You can ask yourself to take inventory of your goals, any goals that you might have for the month, um, as well as space to doodle and draw. So that's really fun. The other nice thing about the Passion Planner is that if you're on a tight budget, um, you can download a free PDF of the planner pages that you can print out or even use digitally if you want. The other planner, I personally have not used myself, but I've heard tons of great things about it. They are the Erin Condren line of life planners. And I've looked at them online and they look very customizable, really nice, um, and very sleek and stylish as well. So that's something you can look into. Now, I'm a more digital person. So the rest of these productivity resources will be digital. The first is Google Calendar, which is pretty well known. And I think a lot of people use it, but it is a staple in my life. Anything that I have coming up, I put on my Google calendar. And if you have a Gmail account, it integrates with your Gmail and it's super simple to use. And I do have the app on my iPhone so I can set up alerts and they show up you know, as alerts on my phone. So I don't forget anything. So that's really nice. The other thing I like about Google calendar is I can color code my events. So it doesn't, that just helps me sort of see when I need to shift gears, when I'm doing something creative, when I'm, you know, teaching, um, you know, and when I'm doing other things. So that helps a lot. The next one I have mentioned on the podcast before is paper by 53. The nice thing is they have a to-do list function and you can make it so that certain items in a category are, um, you can literally check them off with the touch of your finger. So that's really nice. And if you like sketch noting, which is taking notes with um, pictures, it would be really great for that as well. And they also have templates. So if you like, storyboarding, if you like, as I mentioned, sketchnoting, that could make it uh, quite a bit easier for you to do. Um, personally, I tend to use a hard copy notebook for sketch notes, but um, that sort of limits the tools I can use. Whereas with paper, you could use watercolor or fine tip marker or graph type stuff, you know, all this, um, all these other tools that would be quickly at your disposal. The next resource is called the Todoist, which is an app I have used probably not even for a month yet, um, but close to it, and I love it. Um, It's another to-do list app, um, but it's a little easier for me to use because say something changes or a due date changes, or the priority of something changes, I can quickly go into any item and Todoist will automatically move it to that day for me. The other nice thing is you can sort items by project and by date so that if I want to know what's coming up during the week, I can do that. Or if I just want to see what my high priority options are, um, or what my tasks for a certain project are, I can very easily do that as well. So the Todoist is a really wonderful app that I highly recommend. The next app is one, again, that I very recently come to love is called Moment. Um, I must say though that Moment, um, I do believe it Has Android compatibility, but as far as Apple compatibility, you must be running iOS 9 for it to work. So if you're using iOS 7 or 8, you won't be able to access it. Um, So what Moment does, which I certainly need, is it tracks your usage by time on either your iPad or iPhone, smartphone, anything like that. You can set a daily limit, and moment will kick you off your phone if you start going over that limit. And the way it quote unquote kicks you off is by flashing an alert and um, it's incessant. So like it's not like you can really ignore it. Um, Although if for some reason you do need to go over your limit, there is a disable option so it won't keep bothering you. But It is really nice because I know for myself, I tend to stare at my phone a lot and without even really realizing it. And before I know it, hours have passed and I could have been doing something else. So personally, I've been setting a two hour limit on my phone and that's been working okay for me. The other nice thing with Moment um, is you can choose to buy a family expansion. So If you have kids and you want to monitor their iPads or iPhones or tablets or anything else, you can set it up with them as well. So you can not only track your usage, but also that of the rest of your family. So that really comes in handy. The next app is the Productive app, which I've been using um, for a while. And I do believe I've mentioned this one in a previous podcast episode This one's really nice if there are things you want to do every day or weekly and you can put a little icon next to what you want to do and check it off every day. Personally, I use this one to track learning my languages um, and things that I want to do every week such as write for fun or read and it's really customizable because if you want to do something every day you can certainly check that off but if there's something you want to do once or twice a week and not necessarily every day or even once or twice a month, you can set that up as well. So it's really fun and it's a nice, quick to-do list check off as well. The last one I think is also well known, but um, I really enjoy it and it's Goodreads. So Goodreads.com is really helpful if you want to keep track of what books you are reading. So kind of to go back to what I mentioned with the library, if you're reading a lot of books, if you're um, wanting new recommendations, if you've read something and you're not really sure where to go from there, you want to read something similar, Goodreads is really great with giving pretty spot-on recommendations. You can also... um, become friends with people like on Facebook or Twitter and follow them, see what books your friends are reading, um, and they can make recommendations to you and you can recommend books to them as well. So phew, that does it for the learning and productivity resources. So I hope you have found this helpful. Again, if um you're interested in one or more of the resources I have included the links for everything in the show notes for easy access. So if you have any questions or you want to just keep the conversation going about learning or resources or anything, reach out to me using the links in the show notes. And lastly, if you like the podcast, I would be honored if you'd rate it. I recently got a new rating from Beth. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you, Beth. She says, Michelle is a multi-potentialite slash renaissance woman sharing her musings and learnings on life and art this through this podcast. Thoughtful, challenging, and honest, you'll come away with something to ponder or explore. Thank you so much, Beth, for your really awesome, wonderful review. So if you enjoy this podcast like Beth, again, I would be honored if you would rate it. And the link for that is also in the show notes. Thank you so much for staying tuned uh, with this episode. I hope you found it helpful and I will talk to you next week.